All right, hello and welcome to the Been Talking with Peak Performers podcast. On this podcast, we talk to peak performers in their field, so you can then go perform at your best. Just before we start this show, I want to talk to you guys about an initiative that I've started, and that is producing podcasts for business owners and people that want their own amazing show and then content on the back end of it. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that at the end of the show, but for now, let's get into our guest, and that is Nant Nissen. Nant helps professionals who are stressed out and lacking energy get their energy and health back on track. She's a peak performance coach, so really aligns with the peak performance ideals of this podcast. She also had a transformation where she recovered from a really bad car accident and chronic back pain, but that's what inspired her to get into the industry that she's in now. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this show and let's go. Ned, thank you so much for, thank you for, for coming me. on. Um, this is a real highlight for me, somebody who is helping people in peak performance, uh, which is part of the show, but um, holistically with nutrition, exercise and, and mental health um, is your expertise. But that's um, that's my sum up for you, but for people that don't know you, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you. Well, I've been in the health, fitness and wellbeing industry for just over 25 years. Um, started in the fitness industry and moved into the health and then wellbeing industry. And I know they sound similar. Everyone always says health and fitness industry. Mm. Um, But the fitness industry and the health industry are very, very different. Um, So I started 25 years ago in the fitness industry and then moved into the health industry and even more holistically Mm. into wellbeing. So um, my qualifications and my knowledge and my expertise um, are really holistic and well-grounded. So I've I really mm. like that part of. I love the holistic thing because um, it just speaks to a, a, an overall look at everything. You're not just looking at one thing. It's how does the mental impact the physical? How does the physical impact the mental? Um, I prefer going and seeing an osteo over a physio, for example, yeah. for that reason. Um, now, other people would be different, but but each to their own um, and that's what I like about what you do and, and stands out to me. So do you have a comment on, on the benefit of that holistic approach, I guess? I think, well, from my own experience and then seeing hundreds of people being helped through our methods, we do work as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how our body works. And I know that there's a lot of systems in place that suggest if we have this problem, we go to this person. If we have this problem, we go to that person. But our body works in conjunction. So we know that our digestion impacts mental health. We know that having stress impacts digestion. We know it also impacts our cardiovascular system. Stress can have a great impact or a really negative impact on the heart. Um, so we and grief can have an incredible impact on the heart and the cardiovascular system. We know that stress also has an impact on skin conditions. So everything in our body works together and it's designed to do that. And we are a whole being that needs to be treated as a whole being, mm. not as different parts like a car. You know, I know a lot of us will have throwaway lines such as you wouldn't put um, unleaded fuel or whatever yeah, it is yeah. in a, in a, you know, in a Ferrari. Ferrari, exactly. Yeah. But we're not a car and we're, we don't come apart in pieces we're a whole being that needs the whole being to function at peak performance. Mm. 
Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, is there dangers to just looking at one aspect if you if you go and then you ignore everything else? Like, yeah. I think there is, and I, I think I believe that a lot of our issues that are continuing to increase with either the rate of illnesses increasing or the different illnesses that we're seeing nowadays, mm. a lot of that could be helped if either we had practitioners that were treating people as a whole mm. and looking at all their symptoms and looking at the underlying causes as to what's going on, or at the very least we had practitioners that were working in conjunction together mm. and were working as allied health and really respecting each other's um, levels of expertise and doing the best for the patient in that way yeah. instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to treat your back. Well, we know that people who have lived with chronic pain for an extended period of time experience mental health issues and emo emotional health issues and all sorts of other things happen in their body. They have chronic pain response. They become sensitive to pain. So there's so much more than just the one element. I love what you mentioned they're working as a team. Um, I'm quite open on this podcast about my mental health journey. Um, I've been diagnosed with manic depression. Um, and I what I love is I do have that team um, in the sense of um, I've got a GP that he likes to check in regularly. I've got a psychologist that I go to. I've got a psychiatrist that I go to. Um, I'm, I'm contracting a, a personal trainer on, on a once a month sort of basis. Yeah. Um, shout out to Justin. Um, he's, he's given me, um, you know, a, a plan to go through and I've been working with him. Um, you know, should probably, should I be doing more? Yeah, I should in, in the physical side, but I'm talking more the mental, um, I've got a real mental team around me. I know that's probably yeah. bad wording, but I think... I, I think that... Can I just say... Of course. I think that wording is fine. There's a there's a real stigma around saying mental health now, mm. um, but I don't see anything wrong with saying mental health. Mm. Sometimes that we are talking about bipolar. Yep. Sometimes we are talking about depression, anxiety. Sometimes we're talking about um, sadness. Sometimes we're talking about focus and clarity, but I think to actually get rid of the stigma, we need to take that correctness away from it and just say mental health covers an array of things and it's okay to talk about mental health. Mm. It's okay to say, hey, I've got mental health challenges. Yeah, yeah it's something, it's interesting because we both know Fabian and, and Fabian at the end of the podcast that we did uh, he asked me, why, why are you doing this? And he noticed that I kept bringing up mental health because he's, he's very passionate about that area too. And look, I think a large part of this platform, um, as well as talking to amazing business owners like yourself, is to, to bring up that yeah. conversation, you know, bring up that conversation because it happens a lot in business. I noticed on your LinkedIn um, profile, one of the things you say is you help stressed out business owners. Absolutely. And mm. it's... Um and can I just ask, the, you having that team around you, mm. how has that impacted you as compared to just having one or two? Oh, greatly. Yeah. Um, you know, my psychiatrist can talk to my GP. Yeah. Um, my GP can give me scripts when I can't see my psychiatrist. Um, my psychologist talks to the psychiatrist. If I'm going through a depressive state, um, you know, my psychiatrist, psychologist sees me and then goes, whoa, this is too much for me to handle. I need to give it to 
give it to the yeah. psychiatrist. So, and he needs to adjust your medication. So, having that team where one person can pick something up, the other person doesn't, and then they can work together, it's, it's greatly affected. Yeah, what a difference. Yeah. And it wouldn't it be great if all challenges in health could be treated like that? Yeah, so let's, let's get into that. So, um, I guess if you move away from mental health where it's less obvious to people, um, but if someone has, I don't know, you could come up with an example. I'll, I'll let you do it. Yeah. Um, an example where a team could help a certain um, injury or illness. So if you've got, uh, I used to experience chronic back pain um, from a uh, accident. So it was structural from a car accident many, many years ago. And just seeing one person, either a physio or a doctor who gave me pain medication and the physio would treat me. That wasn't covering the enormity of what I was feeling every day with having chronic pain. It takes an enormous amount of energy to walk through the world pretending you're not in pain or holding down that pain and pretending that everything's fine and just going on with normal life, doing your job, doing your shopping, having your relationships, going to work, acting as everything's fine. Mm. So you're depleted of energy and then impacts of chronic back pain also impact your digestive system. Um, Long-term chronic pain impacts your mental health and your emotional health. And then obviously there's, if your back's really bad, you're not able to go and socialise and do the things you would normally do. Um, A lot of the activities that obviously help, on some occasions your back's so bad, you're not able to go and do them. So then of course comes the guilt and the shame with that and the loneliness. And so if there was a team that could help with understanding, I didn't want to take pharmaceuticals, and understanding that I needed more than a physio treatment and that sometimes I would be in excruciating pain and couldn't sleep, so my sleep was affected, so my energy levels were affected. Um, And then when your energy levels are affected and you're not aware of nutritional choices, you can make poor nutritional choices, Mm. which then doubles back on your mental health, your emotional state, your digestive system, impacts chronic pain, it, it causes inflammation. So, you know, I could go on and on. So mm. if, if there was a group of people that could come together in terms of nutritionists, decreasing inflammation and physios and osteos, and if we could look a little bit outside the square and think there's enormous benefit in Western medicine and there's enormous benefit in complementary medicine. And if we could utilise each other's expertise we could really help a lot of people. Mm, definitely. I think 2020 uh, is is a big year for people working collaboratively in anything, yeah. like not just, I mean, where we've come off the back of um, a few meetings today of different things, not not necessarily health-related, but the core message was team. Like yes. how, how, can we, how can we grow this together? So uh, I think why not um, leverage that in a health setting um you mentioned before off camera we were talking why you got into into this business and it was due to a car accident yes i I had a a really bad car accident um was 
about 26 years ago. And enough that I was in the spinal unit and had to go into rehab, etc. And the person that helped me the most, I, I just really admired her and I thought, wow, the way you've helped me, I, I, I want to do that. You know, I want, I want that satisfaction. I want to walk away from people and think I've contributed to your life. So I became a personal trainer and then I got really, really unwell and you could say I was a bit of a slow learner in those days and I really gave my body a bit of a hiding so that I became chronically unwell with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety, um, when I'd really run my body down enough, not listening to the signs and symptoms it was giving me. And I went on about a three and a half, four year journey of really trying to find the answers and, and trying to get better. And I was sent to different specialists, different doctors, you name it, because I had all these different symptoms and I was actually on the way to another specialist appointment and I actually had a voice come into my head that said, you're not meant to live like this. You're meant to be healthy and happy. And I kept driving and I thought, okay, that's weird. And it became stronger and stronger. I turned the car around, I cancelled my appointment and I went searching for something better. I didn't know what. I found a naturopath and nutritionist and I went to a lot of different complementary practitioners, but I started getting better. And when I was really feeling amazing, I thought, well, I have to study this and learn this because I have to go and help people and I have to show people that there's a different way to live. They don't have to suffer the way I did. So I went and studied and I, I gained all that knowledge and then my mission since has been to really help people understand that our natural state is of health and happiness and vitality and there is a way to come back from, from where you've been. Yeah, well, um, let's just, yeah, for, for severity and I guess a good mental image for people, yeah, what was that road like back for you from being in the spinal ward to, to then now where you are? You've got an amazing posture. and Thank um, you. Yeah. yeah, it was, well, the spinal unit was terrifying um <laughs> it's it's quite surreal actually to sort of lie there and you're not able to look up or to move but you can see doctors coming around doing their rounds and talking about you and staring at you and mm -hmm. pointing and you know um so that was quite surreal does you do you feel because you can't do anything you can't move then people are talking about you on their rounds do you do, does a bit of your humanity go? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, um, you feel completely powerless and they're talking about you in front of you loudly enough that you can hear what they're saying, though you might not understand exactly their terminology, et cetera. Um, and it's just scary. You know, really what I wanted was someone to come and hold my hand and say, it's going to be okay. Um, and actually one of the people that looked after me the most was an ambulance officer who came from the accident and um, I heard him checking in on me the next day and it, it still brings tears to my eyes this day that that ambulance officer would bother 
to come and check on me the next day. That that was incredible. Yeah, I'm getting chills. That's yeah, right. it's it was amazing. And um, even when at, you know the police were at the side of the hospital bed in emergency, and I was obviously a bit out of it, and um, I'd been concussed and I'd just woken up, and they were trying to get my name, and because I've got a an unusual name, the police officers were having trouble, and the ambulance officer was sitting outside the curtain, and. He actually said, oh, for goodness sake, her name is, and said my name and spelt it out for them. Mm. So he was, it was like having a little angel looking over me. He, he was amazing. Um, sorry, I've got off track there. No, 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 that's perfect. Um, but it was, it was a long, the thing that I, I thought that after I'd done my rehab and after I was getting better, that that would be it. And then I found that that's not it. There's a lot of things you now can't do because of pain mm. and there's a lot of activities you can't be involved in because of pain. And, you know, I remember being at the beach with friends and I, I bent over to pick up a Frisbee because I wanted to join in. And I had the most excruciating pain at my back and I fell to the ground. And all my friends sort of stood around me and they said to my boyfriend at the time, well, what's going on? And he said, well, this is it. This, that's mm. what she's like now. And they, they were also at the time comprehending that, oh, okay, so she's not better completely. This has had a big impact. And so over the years it was a case of not being better but managing how do I manage chronic back pain. So it was... Um, it's, it's been a lot of trial and error, but there is a way out. It does happen. Um, but it certainly, it certainly has been a challenge over the years to deal with a lot of pain. Mm. So that leads me to, I guess, today, what are you doing at the moment to manage that, that back pain? Look, nutrition is incredibly important. Okay. I noticed that um, Increasing any inflammation, any excess inflammation I have in my body will usually turn up in a weak place in your body because of the structural issues and an accident I had. My back is one of those weak places. Everyone has little places. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get a cold, some people it goes to their sinuses. Some people they'll say, I always get a sore throat. Some people will say, I always get a chest infection. Everyone's got those places. So inflammation tends to go to the weakest place. So the right nutrition is incredibly important for me, the right movement um, every single day. So that's prevention and including stress relief, meditation, um, knowing the thing is knowing what my body needs and wants and when because no one's body wants the same thing or needs the same thing every day. We have different levels of stress every day, different levels of activity, um, different levels of work. We have we might be travelling one day, we might be travelling less, um, we might have relationship issues next week, we might not. You know, we might have um, anything that comes up in our life and our lifestyle that contributes to our body's needs. So it's really about me having learnt how to understand what my body's telling me. Is my body telling me it needs to move 
more, that I've been sitting down on a computer too much? Is it telling me that I actually need to move less? Is it telling me that I need more nutrients? Is it telling me that my muscles need to relax? So it's understanding and being really intimately connected with your body. Mm-hmm. This sitting down argument, especially for corporates and businesses and, you know, I guess my audience listening along um, because a lot of the podcast has been business related. Um, sitting down every day, it, it's been known for a little bit that it's not the best for you and um, therefore standing desks have become a thing. Do you, do you have an opinion on the stand-up desk sort of situation? I think or? they're great. Okay. You know, our bodies are designed to move. Yeah. They're, they are designed to sit, but they're also designed to move a lot more than we move them. Our bodies haven't changed in thousands and thousands and thousands of years, but our lifestyle has. So we need to help our body by incorporating things like standing desks. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, um, you, you know, I could stand all day and still have back issues back issues. More importantly, we need to actually have the strength of the muscles to hold our posture because that's what they're designed to do. Mm. You know, our bodies are actually designed to be strong and healthy. It's just that we're not taking the action to give them the opportunity to be like that. Mm. Our bodies want to do the best for us. It's like a best friend that's saying, I really want to do the right thing by you today, Mm. but I need you to do this for me. And if we don't do it, our body can't give us the best. Mm. So how would you utilise a standing desk? Because I'm thinking about it and I'm going, oh, I don't want to stand all day. No. Um, so, yeah, how would you – how do you incorporate that into I, – I would do time limits. Okay. Um, and I would – it really depends on the task too. So your posture can be just as bad when you're standing, when you're really – getting involved in something. You know, we know that when you're really getting involved in something on the computer, this sort of thing happens. So we really need to make sure, I'll take it back again to what are you doing outside of work that is contributing to your muscles being strong enough to hold you up all day? Mm. That's, that's the main thing that we need to get to. Okay, and that's where exercise comes in. That's where the right exercise comes in and okay. it doesn't mean you have to go to a gym. Yeah. So you say the right exercise, what yeah. do you mean? Well, a lot of people will, for example, they've got low energy, they've got um, perhaps some symptoms and signs that are going on in their body, they're not sleeping well, they feel a little bit overweight They'll go to a gym and they'll really push themselves. Mm. And they're all already, their nervous system is wired, their adrenal system is wired, their, their digestive system isn't working properly. And instead of looking at health, we're, we're always looking at weight loss. Weight loss is a bonus of health. It's a byproduct of being really healthy. So people will go to the gym, for example, January. January's just happened. So a lot of people have gone, yep, let's go and lose weight, get fit, and they might not get the results that they're really wanting. And that can be for a number of reasons, but say they've cut calories and they've upped their exercise. If they're not getting the results they really want, they'll often push harder. So their body will say, I'm not comfortable, I'm aching, I still haven't got any energy, 
Um, I'm not able to concentrate at work. I'm not able to be creative. My moods are changing. But they'll push harder because they're not seeing the results on the scales or in their clothes, etc. And what their body's really saying is, I need you to do something different. I need you to not push me this hard. I need you to take it gently. I need you to do a different type of movement. I need you to perhaps do yoga or Pilates or um, get outside in nature or any number of different kind of activities. But we've been taught to just go to the gym and push hard. And that can sometimes be the very worst thing for people who are already nutritionally deficient, um, emotionally exhausted, mentally exhausted, and just want to lose weight. And that their bodies, they're not losing weight. Their bodies are actually sending them a sign saying, there's something wrong. I need you to listen. Mm, wow. Wow. Yeah. I think it's because it's, comes back to a lot of things, self-image, confidence, marketing. Um, even though I'm a marketing nerd, yeah. I'll blame my, myself and my industry for you got to lose 10 pounds, yeah. 10 kilos. And there's the difference between the fitness and the health industry. Right. And, you know, I can take blame for some of what the fitness industry does because it's, it's not one size fits all. No. Never has been. And... We need to make sure with what people are experiencing nowadays with the increased stress and the increased pressures in their life that we're doing the right thing by their bodies instead of just saying, you're lazy, get up to the get to the gym an hour earlier, get up at 4.30, doesn't matter what time you go to bed, don't be lazy and push. And if you're not getting the results, push harder. Yeah, that's not the right message. It's not. It's That's not how to teach people and educate people how to look after their bodies and nourish their bodies. Mm. No, not at all. Yeah. So how do you go about it from a holistic point? Well, I always look at the four pillars. So there's physical, which there is so much in each pillar. You know, there's digestion and energy and breathing and pain and mental so much in the physical. Um, and then we've got mental health, which... As we discussed earlier, some people prefer it to be called mindful or behavioural health. But for me, mindful and behavioural health is encompassed in mental health. Mm. Um, and mental health also includes mental focus, clarity, creativity. And then we have emotional health and, you know, moods and feelings and how we process those and how we deal with those, um, our relationships with other people, our connections. And then we're what I call soulful so as human beings, we're designed to be part of something, part of community and have connection. And so many of us are really lacking in connection, whether that be touch, whether that be real connection, whether that be um, being part of something that's larger than ourselves. And that can be as simple as being part of a sporting group or a footy club or whatever it may be. And also feeling like we're contributing and giving value to the world. That's really important to us um, and not feeling like we're going to work and just being a number. Mm. It's really important for all of us that we feel significant and are adding value in some way. So when we've got all those four pillars flowing, then we're on fire. We're at peak performance. Peak performance. Yeah. Love it. Um, I just want to touch on in terms of peak performance diets as well um, and – 
people, uh, keto diets, intermittent fasting, um, carnival diet, paleo, blah, 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 blah. Like then that's just me. Like I'm not even in the industry, right? Um, But we were talking again off camera, you don't believe in diets. You just I don't anymore. You know, for so long I did and it was so ingrained in the fitness industry. Um, But I think every diet, Every diet works short term, sure, but no diet works long term and no diet works long term for any, anyone because as we discussed before, my needs are going to change day to day, week to week, month to month. So the only thing that I encourage now is what I call nutrition intuition. So that's gaining the skills of understanding what your body wants and needs and when. That means you never have to go on a diet again because you, un, you truly understand what your body's asking for. And my belief is that our natural state is of health and happiness and vitality. And once we provide that environment for our body with the four pillars and we've got the flow and the balance, then our body will return to its natural state. And part of our natural state is being the right shape for us. Part of our natural state is having an awesome amount of energy, stable moods, being able to experience all moods and to process them. So I don't believe in diets. I believe they're harmful. Mm. I believe they're restrictive. I believe they make us small. Um, And I believe that people spend way too much energy thinking about food and what diet they should be on and what they should and shouldn't be eating and mm. the guilt associated with it and the shame and it's yeah and what a waste of an industry mm. i think one of the best things the nutritionist once told me is same line as you i don't believe in diets what i do believe in is finding food that you enjoy eating that's tasty that's colorful that um, is is nutritionally got things in it that benefit you. Um, and funnily enough, a bit of a joke, he said, your mum your mum was right all those years ago. You know, your mum was right. Veg, yeah. uh, two veg, you know. Eat all uh, your Eat veg. all your greens, eat your greens yeah. or else you're not getting dessert. You're not leaving the table until you eat all your veg. <laughs> exactly. Um, so do you have, yeah, do you have a comment to that, I suppose? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's... It's part of it's getting back to basics and part of it is that we're so confused now because there's so much information out there. Um, But there's no right or wrong. There's only what's right or wrong for you and there's no good and bad food. Mm. People... I'll just cut in there quickly. There is a wrong. I mean, if you're out eating KFC, McDonald's every day, that kind of stuff, yeah, that's wrong. But I think what you're trying to say in terms of there's no right or wrong, it's like don't feel bad that you're not intermittent fasting or don't feel bad that you're Absolutely. not. Yeah, that, that's sort of what you mean. And yeah. and even if you are eating KFC every day, right? to me that's not wrong. That It just gives you poor results. Yeah, right, okay. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't class it as right or wrong. I just think if you're going to eat foods like that consistently, that's not going to give you the results that you want. So no food is good or bad. It's just that. This food or these foods can give you really positive results and nourish your body. And these foods might take away your energy, may make it hard for your digestion, 
and might not give you the nutrients that your brain needs to function. So I think if when we look at foods as good and bad, then we associate shame and guilt and then we associate and then we want it more. We go through that cycle of, oh, I might have a treat. I shouldn't have this, but I'm going to. And we do and then we go through a whole day of, oh, I shouldn't have, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I had that. And we have all this wasted energy on guilt and shame around this association with the wrong or bad food when what we really need to do is say, okay, well, how did that make me feel? It was tasty at the time. I felt rubbish after. I felt really tired and fatigued. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to keep an awareness of that. And why did I do it? Was it because I was in a rush and I wasn't organised? Was it because I was feeling angry? Was I sad? So we need to also really come to an awareness that we use food emotionally. And instead of using food emotionally, let's discover within us how to use food. We have to enjoy food. There's a, um, a big thing about food that it's just for fuel. It's not. It's incredibly enjoyable. But if we're going to enjoy food, if I go and have a chocolate mousse, for example, one of my favorite foods, as in sweet foods, I want to eat it consciously and I want to be mindful when I eat it. I want to smell it. I want to look at it. I want to taste it. I want to enjoy every bite. I don't want to go to Coles and get a chocolate mousse, sit in front of the TV, eat my sadness, get to the end of the chocolate mousse and think, oh, I can't believe I ate that. Did I eat? That didn't even touch the sides. Where did that go? Now I need another one. So there's a big difference between mindful, conscious eating and unconscious, mindless eating. Mindless eating is not enjoying your food. That's escapism through food. Mindful eating is making a conscious decision that that is one of the foods I really enjoy and I'm going to go and have it and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, wow. So then if somebody is coping with their emotions through food, how does someone get out of that and become more mindful? There's a lot of methods and, and obviously I use nutrition intuition and that's gaining the skills of understanding, as, as we discussed before, what our body needs and wants and when. And the first step is awareness. So, look, we all do it. What it is is understanding that, okay, I am doing it, and it's actually coming to the realisation, okay, I know my triggers or at least I'm feeling like something right now. I'm watching a TV show that's kind of annoying me. I like the TV show but there are some characters on that TV show that really frustrate me and annoy me and every time I watch that I feel like potato chips or I feel like nuts or I feel like something crunchy. And it's knowing that, what can I do instead with these emotions? Instead of using food, what are some other things I can do? Not only immediately, but what are some other things I can do in my day that are going to make me feel cared for and nourished? What, what is part of my routine that brings me joy? Because often when I speak to people, I'll say, tell me what you do for yourself every day. And they will have the hardest time coming up with something nice that they do for themselves every day. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, and we, we don't do that. And, you know, this is incredibly simplified. Um, 
But often people will look for sweet things because there's not enough sweetness in their life. Mm. There's not enough kindness and not enough love in their life. Or they might look for crunch if they're frustrated. As I said, it's completely simplified. But what we need to do is bring in more things that we enjoy in life, more things that make us us, because I'll also say to people, you know, what do you do that really lights you up, that makes you you? And a lot of people will think, oh, I don't know, I haven't done anything for years. I used to like doing this. I don't do it anymore. So we're really lacking self-care and we're really lacking connection with others. Mm. Even people that live together often are not touched very much, are not genuinely asked, how was your day? How did you sleep? Um, we're really we're lacking that love mm. that we all need. Yeah. I think that's a really cool spot to end it. Um, but I've got two more questions. Just, yeah. Um, what have you got coming up over the next six months um, to 12 months that you're really excited about? Um, and, and pushing um, and then if somebody's heard something on the show then they want to reach out to you how do they do that so I'll go over the first one there first so yeah what's coming up the year? coming up I'm we've got a program with uh, the peak performance program with Greg Roweth who is a business expert so we've got an incredible program for business owners who are really lacking the strategy and structure to grow their business and they're also lacking the health and the energy to turn up to work every day and be able to put into their business. So we've got the Peak Performance Program um, that's coming up in March 20. And we've also got the Champion Circle. So that's a longer program working with us. And as it says, it's really a group of people in a community that want to go from where they are now to being champions mm -hmm. in themselves. Um, and the best way is just Nant at Corporate Wellness Group com.au that's the best way to get in touch fantastic and and linkedin you're pretty active oh yes and linkedin i try i'm not very good at it but i i give it a go thanks for giving it a go that's awesome well nant i've been tim you've been nant we've been talking and thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me cheers All right, there you have it, the episode with Nant Nissen. I want to thank her for coming on. If you want to check out more of Nant's stuff, you can go to corporatewellnessgroup.com.au and Nant Nissen on LinkedIn. She's pretty active over there. Go send her a message if you want to learn more about your health. All right, now I'd love for you guys to do me a quick favor. If you're listening along, can you take a screenshot, chuck it up on your story and tag Bean Talking. I'll feature you on my page. It's really cool to see who's listening along. And now if you want to know a little bit more about producing your own amazing show, let's talk about that. Basically what I've been doing is producing podcasts for business owners and people that want their own amazing show. The real power of this is we can get a month's worth of content for you in around about 30 to 40 minutes. Video and content is king for marketing and if you're looking at doing something to take you to the next level of your marketing, this is probably something 
you would want to look into. So if you're interested, send me an email at tim at beantalking.com.au. That's tim at beantalking.com.au. Apart from that, I'll see you guys in the next episode.